When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The Painting Gallery with No Name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to that pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Fury's Finest Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we will raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. We will announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is an Asgardian. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game will all count as long as they follow this theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by October 3rd to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know who to send the prizes to. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined once again by Charles Omnis from Omnis Protocol. How are you doing today, Charles? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm a little beat, but I'm really happy to be podcasting with you now, Jesse. Like it was great to finally meet you and now we get to talk about the event. I'm I am tired and hyped. I couldn't agree more. I am very tired and very hyped and riding on that high for a lot of reasons. But yeah, I think my favorite part of the entire weekend was actually just meeting everyone and getting to spend a lot of quality time. And like you said, this is all very full circle now. It's it's kind of crazy with our X-Men stuff of the past from way long ago and then <laughs> you playing yeah. X-Men early this year and then now me playing X-Men which we're going to get into today but I don't know Lone Star Open was just an excellent weekend I'm really happy to have you on the show doing something a little different today you're going to be interviewing me about some of my games from the weekend shake it up maybe we have to go back and like re-edit the original two episodes and just make it like a three-part combo <laughs> there we go there we go yeah it's been through the years yeah yeah X-Men, the X-Men trilogy. No, this is this is super cool. I'm really excited. So, all right, Jesse, are you ready to dive into the list? I am, Charles. I did want to say one final thing before we get into it. I find it very interesting and kind of like Providence that you and I are back at this X-Men thing again, because we've been podcasting for this game since the beginning, and you and I have hit X-Men a couple times spread out over the years. And I don't know, the whole like us doing that original roster so long ago, and then you doing well with X-Men at the beginning of this year, and now me 
playing X-Men recently and doing well. I don't know. Just It feels like this full grouping of episodes that it's fun to look at spread out over time. Yeah, 100%. And I'm pretty sure before the event even started, I said I was rooting for you to win. You definitely I'm pretty did. sure I said that. You definitely did. And you okay. definitely said that day two. <laughs> <laughs> I know for sure I said it day two. I was pretty sure I said it going into the beginning. As soon as you were like, I'm playing X-Men, I was like, I want you to win. <laughs> I was dreaming about this moment specifically. This is that is what I wanted. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into let's get into the roster. So you want to give us what you decided to play? Absolutely. So my list was Storm, Beast, X-23, Domino, Lizard, Rogue, Black Panther, Toad, Juggernaut. And just the last curveball at the end was Miss Marvel. Nice. And tactics cards. Pretty straightforward stuff. I have first class to me, my X-Men. Fallback, Escort to Safety, Sacrifice, Brace for Impact. So those are my two restricteds. Then I have Exceptional Healing, Do You Know Who I Am, Mission Objective, and Monkey Brain is Lizard Home. Cool. And your uh, Secures and Extracts. I don't think the Secures surprising when I was playing Deadly Meteors, Mutant Madmen, and Portals over on the City. Yep. And as my Extracts, I had Struggle for the Cube, the Montessi, and the Spider Infected. Very nice. Great selection. Very X-Men. Nothing, nothing too crazy there for the the crisis card. So Jesse, we go into, so we didn't know this like at the moment that round one began, but there's going to be three rounds and then take the top eight and they'll play three rounds on Sunday. So right. let's, uh, you sit down. Do you remember your, uh, your round one opponent? Yes, I do. My round one opponent was an excellent and amazing player who is probably one of my best game experiences all day. His name was Will and he was a Midnight Suns player. Okay, I've done that matchup. It can be an interesting one. All right, so uh, what did the crisis combo ended up being? Before I say that, I lost priority as X-Men okay. in one of the day. So he picked from his secures because he knew what to do against X-Men. He pulled yep. demons downtown, which is not my favorite prayer thing for to happen. Yes. And then I pulled cubes. So quite dangerous objectives for both of us. Okay, so are we playing 19 or 17? I chose 17 because I did not want to give my son's 19 personally. And 17 is a nice sweet spot for X-Men a lot of the time. It is. And then his list, he had a lot of tall options that were kind of flexes, which I found really interesting. For instance, Vision was in his list, you know, next to some of the normal Midnight Suns characters like Ghost Rider and Voodoo and things. So I was like, well, we'll see what he does at 17. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So what was the, what were the two teams? So my team was Storm, Beast, X-23, Domino, Lizard, and Toad. And his oh, team interesting. Was, and his team was Blade, Ghost Rider, Vision, Voodoo. And when we flipped, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting team. And he's like, I was like, why didn't you bring Wong? Because I was thinking maybe he was going to bring Wong and just sit him on that back point and force me to come get Wong if I actually wanted him or just ignore him and let him score all game, you know? And uh, he said he specifically wanted to manipulate priority and, and maybe get some attrition kills. So he went a little taller throwing in vision there and stuff. Cause he had some interesting options in his list. I'm a little surprised that you went the, the, the six wide and didn't play jugs. What was the thought process there? Well, I thought about playing drug jugs and that is a good point. I think my biggest thing with this game was demons downtown is going to be rough. I intend to just ignore it as much as I can. And I intend to just get cubes and play defensively. Okay. And so my thinking with that was if I sort of, wait till he prices one of his like heavy hitters, like a vision or a voodoo. And maybe I kind of just take lizard and kind of just push that character away all game and, and 
kind of throw him in a corner and just sacrifice himself for the team, you know? And then mm-hmm. my X-Men kind of first class and pick up cubes fast as possible. And then my only intention of a character doing attrition to, in my mind, was Ghost Rider. If it's a good Ghost Rider player, I'm not going to attack the rest of his team, you know? <laughs> my, my, yes. So my, my goal with the wide was kind of to delay and then also to maybe get an early days on Ghost Rider and kind of control the rest of his team. But, yeah, I thought about drugs. I strongly considered it. I, Especially with I, him being able to negate cube damage and stuff and, like, a really dirt. Like, I, I was just like, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, six wide. I was like, interesting. All right. And I think you're going to see a theme with these games, Omnis. I'm glad we're talking about these now because we didn't really get to talk about all my individual games. But the theme of my list is is going wide a lot of the time. And yeah. also the theme of my list is, like, if I draw cubes or something, I mean, it's kind of a dream scenario sometimes if I can get, like, 23 and Lizard, right? And maybe Toad just grabbing a super safe extract or something and kind of not doing much all game, but he is scoring, right? So that's kind of the route I took with this game. I was thinking Toad's going to sit on that back demons and kind of score it, and then he can come in late game and maybe just be a body if he needs to, but he's not really doing anything. And then it was kind of the rest of my team. I just played pretty safe. I didn't want them by the demon portals and just kind of focused on cubes. Maybe it's a mental backlash myself because I had a game where all of my characters were getting one shot. And I was thinking back, it's like, maybe I should have had jugs in this game instead of a three and a two. Maybe that would have been the smart play. And so maybe I'm like even more on the jugs train. And he did great for me. And when I did play him. Um, Okay. So we're not going to do like a full battle report, but give me any key deployment or key tactics or moments in the game that you thought really ended up twisting this one direction or the other. Well, he did something pretty interesting early on where he went with Ghost Rider immediately and picked up the center cube and was sitting on the center demon pretty aggressively. And so my thinking with that was, well, he's kind of presented the thing that I was willing to go all in on if I needed to. Um, If Ghost Rider presents himself and I can ignore the rest of his team, maybe control the rest of his team with Lizard and things like that and Beast with throws, uh, that's the route I'm going to go. So that ended up happening. So I was like, well, he's going to be up on cubes, but that's okay. I'm just going to put everything I got. Round one was kind of interesting. It was me picking up cubes and stuff, and then I late activate with Domino, and I storm hopper up off a of beast, and I just put a ton of damage into Ghost Rider. <laughs> a ton of damage. <laughs> just lay into the guy. Physical attacks, you know, and, you know, he got some not-so-great dice, but obviously Ghost Rider does not like physical attacks, especially when Domino's just pumping them into him. So it kind of fed into my plan, but on top of that, too, I've got, you know, Toad on the back points of scoring it, and I got Lizard kind of doing his little mission I was talking about, and then Laura's just kind of holding the, the cubes like she does, and I'm sure that's yeah. a thing that's going to come up in our games. But I end up actually putting a lot into Ghost Rider, and I end up dazing him turn one. So that was a huge swing for me. And that's not actually that crazy. Like, a full mm. round of attacks from Domino, no cover, three physical defense. Like I believe Beast got an attack, too. Oh, okay. Um, like, oh, yeah, because you could just walk and smack. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. the odds of you getting that seem pretty reasonable. Right, so I, of course, had to make it, like, I was like, well, he's going to do a lot at the top of the next turn, but then I'm just going to remove Ghost Rider from the board, hopefully. But meanwhile... So he's did got he not have deal with the devil? He did not, and maybe that was a misplay on his part, but his, his thinking was he went so tall, you know, if you look at his list here, he has Blade, Ghost Rider, Vision, and Voodoo. He's got all expensive models per se four and five threats yeah. and using it doesn't help him that much right like right because vision's like untouched in the back and voodoo's coming up a flank and so is blade and it's our blades coming up the middle and it's like i don't know maybe he just was not wanting to do that you know but maybe yeah, the right play would have been like 
vision in the middle or something, because I think what you want is to power up Ghost Rider. Right. And so I think, yeah, I think you take with someone else and hope that the attacks like power up Ghost Rider for a big turn that. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that was a misplay on his part. Yeah. Maybe even voodoo. I mean, he's got the raw dice. I mean, he doesn't have any dice manipulation, but yeah, it might've been a misplay, but I mean, uh, Domino, that was a big swing. Cause I mean, he goes with Ghost Rider, does some stuff. Like, I think Domino lives with Beast's dazes because, you know, energy beams, right, or something. People just also don't know how much damage X-Men can actually drop in the middle because That's- it's still an underplayed affiliation regardless of how good it is. Yeah, so I think Domino ended up just KOing him, which is just a crazy thing. And, you know, meanwhile, we've got Laura with cues, we've got Toad on the back point, and now I'm just clearly winning the middle point with, you know... I'm not diving in on it aggressively because I want people to get incinerated, but the people that need to be there get to be there, you know? So, but yeah, the way midnight suns work is they are a good attrition roster. And he had an amazing swing turn. He ended up dazing two or three models with blade the next turn. And, you know, that was a big swing back, but I still had, I was so wide that I had models to go in and try to take the points and cubes back. And the game ended on round three. Oh, shit. like for a demons game, that's crazy fast. So the final score was 16 to 5, and I just really prioritized cubes a lot. And I don't know, I had the t- I basically had the two demon points all game, and I never pushed on his back point. But, you know. I bet you are very happy you did not get Montessi formula. <laughs> I'm very happy, yeah. <laughs> Especially against the attrition team, yeah. And just yeah. the slow scoring, yeah. So yeah, I, was, I, was, I was happy, and I think the main reason I went so wide was just the cubes and. Something I've learned through my playtesting on this with this is I, I just, I don't know, I really enjoy the Laura and Lizard combo of having exceptional healing and cubes. Sometimes it just really surprises people what I can do with all that healing yeah. factor. I, I feel that. And uh, I mean, I when you can have Laura, Lizard, and Jugs, and it's just like, all right, Mike, <laughs> I take no cube damage, by the way. Like, cubes That's just doesn't affect that. me. Yeah. Okay, so you're 1-0. So let's go right. ahead and move on to the next game. What did you get round two? So round two, I was paired against Adam, who obviously won his first game as well, and I did win priority this game, and Adam was a Convocation player that was splashing Maw and Supergiant, which was very cool. He's also the player, shout out here, that won the painting contest that I got second place to in the painting contest. Oh, his ancient one was sick. So good. He had a comic book style ancient one that was in the mirror dimension where she had multiple bases where she was kind of half mooning on back on herself, you know, upside down. It was excellent. But yeah, Adam was in a wonderful opponent, but I did get lucky and win priority against convocation, which I like because he had a lot of slow attrition secures and I pulled mutant madmen. Oh geez. Poor convo player. That's like, <laughs> Oh, that's like their nightmare matchup. That's like, that's Especially like us getting uh scoundrels versus like right. uh, king Kim syndicate or something that's like that's a nightmare matchup for them especially because he clearly had like some tall models like maw and he had, he had some interesting plans with maw and super giants version of well-laid plans as well and it's just yep. we ended up getting mutant madman and his montessi and you know i was a little bit worried about the montessi because i'm like well you know it's gonna slow down a little bit but obviously mutant madman i was very happy to play yeah so Adam's list was Supreme, Strange, Wong, Mordo, Supergiant, which I was not expecting, and Maw. And my list was Storm, Lizard, Toad, Rogue, Beast, and 23. So once again, I'm at that six wide because he chose 18 threat being Convocation. Yeah. So my initial thought, just hearing the rosters, is he is just all in on killing you because his team is borderline awful 
on Mutant Madman. Right. It mm-hmm. sounds like he's just hoping that the game does not go so quick that he can't murder you. As soon as I like, I see that team comp, and it's like Jesse, he is out for blood. Like <laughs> he is coming for your head, Highlander style. Absolutely, and unfortunately for him, I've played more Convocation now than I have any other team in the game, and so I do know their weaknesses, and I do know kind of how to deploy against them, and I think that maybe secured me this win, because if they get the deployments they want and the matchups they want, especially on a split map like this, they can they can do a lot, especially someone like a Supreme Stranger or a Maw, right? My team was Storm, Lizard, Toad, Rogue, Beast, X-23. Cool. So yeah, I, I agree, like, Black Panther is a super risky drop here. And right. So the flex to the flex to Rogue instead of Black Panther, I think, is a really good call. And I strongly considered Domino instead of twenty three against a Mage team, right, a Wizard team. But I ended up saying, you know, I'm going to play twenty three, and I'm going to hold her back for a while on her side. And then I also still have Lizard, so I've got double exceptional healing playability here and that's that ended up working out well for me man i think i think x23 is like a 100 percenter it doesn't even matter if it's mystic she's just too good i mean you're hinting at a secret here charles <laughs> yeah storm and 23 were played all six of my games i'll just get that out of the way right now so i we've been talking about uh doing a like a, a high level pro painted army for like team for my x-men and i was just like well if we're gonna do this we start with Storm and X-23 because they're 100% in. There's no chance of those going anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely. Um, okay, so any so you mentioned that the deployment worked out well for you. What about that do you think was so significant? Well, a couple things. I waited till he plays Supreme Strange and, and Supergiant because they do have some weaknesses, you know, and, and I waited to, for instance, like he ended up deploying... Supergiant and Mordo on my right side and I waited for him to deploy those and I actually deployed Rogue over there and Rogue just kind of like handled the two of them quite extensively but I also had Beast kind of on that side kind of going between that side and the middle but more importantly he put Maw in the middle which I thought was really interesting I I think I was thinking okay so he obviously wants to kill the person that's going to pick up the center Montesi but I picked it up with Toad and I put him behind a size 3 the size 3 cosmic building from the cosmic set and I thought he was safe, or the size four building, excuse me. And of course, he double moved Maw and threw the size four at Toad, you know, which was an interesting thing. But I barely survived. But then I also knew that Toad was going to probably go away at the top of the next turn. Yeah. So it, he, I think he presented a lot of interesting questions. But the problem with that is now Maw's in the middle of the table for probably another turn or so, right? And he has to choose a side to go to. So did that, you not use the leadership to like hop Toad off a character, grab the thing and back up? I didn't this game, which, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It was a, it was the right choice this game because I wanted to present pressure with Toad, with the Montesi, and I wanted to aggressively take one of his mutant madman traps mm. either, with either Beast or Lizard or vice versa or hopping someone off Beast or Lizard because what I like to do in my list a lot is I like to have Beast and Lizard on opposite sides of the flanks. Yeah, 100%. Like- and they're jumping like crazy, you know? <laughs> so, And I wait for my opponent to do things, and I... So that ended up happening. I ended up, like, getting... Round one, I ended up getting, of course, my safe Montessi, and I believe Toad survived, so I got that Montessi as well. And then I got three traps, so I got five points round one. Damn. Yeah, I was like... Whew, I don't know if I would have been ballsy enough for that. Like, that's like... I would have probably been like, I'm keeping Toad safe. I'm okay going up four to three. But you go in. I like it. I like it a lot. Honestly, it's like it got me thinking a lot about... Is it better to just play rogue 
and then like use right. as use lizard in that matchup. Mm, very, very, very interesting. Okay. Was there any other like key moments throughout the game that you want to mention? I think that was a big swing early on where it's like I double move lizard and I take his trap before he's even taken that trap. And then I, on the other flank, I move up rogue, you know, flip my trap and keep her in range of beasts and I hop beasts and I go to his back trap or Mordo and super giant R and take it, you know, that was a big swing because then it's like, I still have storm 23 and toad kind of further back, you know, and they're ready to go into another round. But I think once again, one of my MVPs of this game, it was actually beast and lizard. So all lizard made his life's purpose in this game was to keep that enemy trap flipped and just push Supreme strange away as much as he could or throw him and just take hits from strange and die to him, but keep up. <laughs> and then I'm lizard. I'm, you will be sacrificed for the glory of X-Men. <laughs> exactly. And, the, and then on the other trap, cause I pushed aggressively on both traps because I didn't want the game to go four or five, six rounds against complication, especially yeah. with Maul, right? Beast did the same thing. He was throwing Mordo away from the trap and trying to flip it or, or you know, doing things to Supergiant as well. So it was one of those things like Beast and Lizard were causing so much commotion that it caused him to like have to go after the Montessi holders, and then he was always losing traps. So it just put him in two bad situations, you know? And he did get Maul on my side of the table at a given point and, you know, dazed Laura and took, took a Montessi. But then of course the swing back from Laura and storm over there on Ma was enough, you know, to get it back. Meanwhile, lizard and beast are still doing the same thing. And what do you know? Rogue is powered up now. Cause she'd been sitting for some time and she actually aggressively pushed up too. And maybe this is the theme we're going to see Charles is if I get moments to be aggressive with X-Men, I get really aggressive and that's a little different than some other players and and there's times where i have to be super defensive i'll be super defensive but if it's my secure and i see a window to be aggressive sometimes i'll just take it you know especially with a character like lizard or something yeah that's it i think that's one of the interesting points with x-men is examining when you push and when you fall back and there's a very it's like it's a very subtle line between those two and knowing when to do which like literally can make the difference between x-men feeling like practically busted or you know <laughs> like barely losing so all right man so what did that game wrap up what was the final score so this game wrapped up at round three as well and it was the same score as before 16 to 5 boom crushing it crushing it great tiebreakers you're like i could probably get into the top cut without winning my third game but fuck it x-men need to go undefeated so uh <laughs> let's get into the third round matchup oh man this this was an interesting matchup and a, an interesting game for me because i knew you know, Shield's an interesting matchup for X-Men, you know? I mean, I've got a lot of strengths to them, but they have strengths as well that kind of combat the X-Men. Um, was this Dan or Brett? This was Dan. So I played Daniel, game three. Huge yep. shout-out to Dan. It was awesome yep. to meet you, man. Yeah, I like. I really like seeing your Shield list. Like, I know he yep. listens to the show, but it was it was absolutely fantastic meeting Dan for the first time. Super, super nice guy. Really talented player. Man, I, I really enjoyed meeting Dan, seeing his roster. I'm glad you got a game against him. So who won priority? I lost priority against Shield, which also worried me. Yep. <laughs> worried me quite I've a bit. I've had some really tough games against Shield. Like if you go down a point and they have aggressive against you, that right. can be a nightmare. Yes. You lose priority. And then yes. what were the what were the crisis cards? So he picked secures because once again, all these mm-hmm. players they were doing against X-Men. We pulled Infinity Formula from his deck, which I thought was interesting. And then from mine, we pulled Montessi, which I was like, oh, man, out of all the ones, yeah. I, I, I would rather 
spider infected or cubes all day, you know? Yeah, like, 100%. I mean, is there any matchup ever where you would actively prefer Montesi formula? Wow. Good question. Not, Probably not. Yeah. Not I mean, necessarily. Um, I have pulled it against web wars before and brought jugs and it was just like, it oh, was I suppose if you lose priority to criminal syndicate, you probably yes. would rather slow down the game. That's probably that's probably another good example. Okay, so fair, fair. So, but this was a good game. I was, um, I ended up choosing seventeen threat because once again, I Ooh, wanted. I mean, between seventeen or seventeen, how how did you decide? Yeah, I just had uh, to pick seventeen. Yeah, and the team's really interesting. So Dan's team was Nick Fury, Juggernaut, Iron Man, Black Widow, Corset, and Bucky. Which you know, it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> my team was Storm, Domino, Lizard. X-23, and Juggernaut, because I did see he had a Juggernaut, and sometimes the best response to a Juggernaut is to play a Juggernaut and try to play it better than the other player. Sometimes so, you just need some Jugs on Jugs action. Yeah, and that's what happened. It was um, it was pretty intense. But, you know, this was, a, this was one of those games where I was pretty proud of my play and my choices of tactics cards. I don't remember the five off the top of my head, but I definitely didn't take first class this game, and I definitely took, to me, my X-Men this game. And I took Juggernaut's card, of course, and I took Brace, and sacrifice and you know sacrifice just it did a lot for me in a lot of games but I, I don't know with this game he immediately took you know two extracts like you do with shield he took the middle yeah. Montessi with the agents and kind of got them in a pretty secure spot behind a size four statue of the hulk i believe so they were even kind of like in cover and kind of line aside a little bit too and and then also he grabbed the other one with fury and kind of went towards the infinity formula like you do so i predict this because of course he does this. So I was thinking, well, this round one, if I can keep parity or somehow get that Montesi, which I think I can with Juggernaut, I'll be in good sitting for this game, I think. And essentially sent Storm and Lizard up my left flank, and I sent Domino 23, and that's it, up my right flank. And I had sent Jugs up in the middle. and But I did hop Jugs, you know, like you do. And I end up doing, I think the thing that you and I have talked about a lot, Charles, where it's like, get jugs to that middle point and punch that person, you know, and um, gain enough power to pick up that Montessi, hopefully. But, if, you know, it's hard with shield agents because they're going to put it back. He put it back, and then I nothing stopped. Yeah, you know, and you just slide. Yeah, and then I slid and picked it up, and he was like, whoa, I've never seen somebody do that against my shield is what he said. And, and then meanwhile, I have, you know, Storm safe on my back infinity and i actually have once again lizard doing the thing i do with lizard pushing on his infinity pretty aggressively because he had black widow over there and juggernaut kind of eyeing that direction but the way this game kind of went is there was a big fight on my right side which was that fight with what i was talking about which is uh domino 23 versus his iron man and fury and shield agents and it just kind of ended up being one of those things where it's like if i can Get Fury early. I feel pretty good about taking my eye in the sky and kind of pulling back defensively if I have to, you know, if, if he gets aggressive with drugs or Bucky. And that's basically what I executed because my drugs never dropped the Montessi. I had my back Montessi all game. And then I had my back Infinity Formulas all game. And then occasionally, sometimes I had his Infinity oh, who, Formulas. Who was oh. holding your back Montessi out of curiosity? It was Laura, because I picked it up with her, and then I Juggernaut hopped off of her. And Dude, then I six dice beam. I yeah. like it. And then I held her on a back. Oh, yeah, that's a good round one, you know. And then, yeah, she she just, it gives her more tools, right? And I, I do this later with her as well in some other games and some games you saw as well. But once Fury's gone, a lot of their tools, especially with Eye in the Sky, it's really tough. 
And I don't know. This is the game I think that you said you saw me, Charles, and you said I had pushed aggressively on every point on his side, and and you were pretty freaked out or something like that. You told me. Yeah, after. I think I walked by the table. Yeah, this was the round that my opponent just didn't show up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and so I became media persona and just was like, hey, guys, what do you want to know about, like, matchups? Like, what do you want to see? And at one point, I looked over at your table, and I was like, all of your team was practically on his side of the board. I yeah, was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think Stormers is sitting on her back infinity and just plinking away with range four shots against his jugs. But everyone else, yeah, was pushed up on his infinity formulas. He always had that one Montessi, you know, and I was trying to either make him drop it so he didn't score at the end of rounds, or I would try to pick it up. And this ended up being another one of those games that ended kind of early, especially against Shield. It ended round three, 19 to eight. And a couple of those points he has were actually me having to daze or KO models, but it deemed worth it in my mind to, you know, make him drop objectives and stuff and just kind of hope, tried to secure my spot in the top eight, you know? Yeah, nope. That makes, that makes total sense. All right, man. Well, sounds like you started off with three really good games. Now you're, you're undefeated with X-Men going into the top cut. And I, I just want to take this moment right now to like, Hey, if you go look at Longshanks, right? You're like, Oh, it's like 22 people. Like my, my local qualifier was bigger than that. Right, we had 23. Yeah. But I need to stress, this was a <laughs> fucking shark tank. <laughs> Absolutely. I would agree entirely because even some of my local players that came from Tulsa, you know, are players that are at exceedingly high level as well. You know, it's, it's just this type of thing where it's like, okay, if the people that haven't won LVO qualifiers are good players that are here, and then you've got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people that have won LVO qualifiers, or I don't know, LVO, and they're here. Shark tank's the way, <laughs> way to say it for sure. Yeah, 100%. And then it was like, even when you're playing in the like lost a game bracket, there were people like Ryan Chiraboga and stuff that were like amazing players from other games that are like refining their skills. So there's just like there's just like no easy matchups. Like I'll I'll just give a huge shout out to my round one, Amon. Super Amon. amazing guy, but he had me sweating balls my first game. Like my my ass cheeks were clenched. It was just like every time I thought I locked it in, he makes another great play. And that just that's just kind of how the whole tournament felt the whole time. Like it was I mean, it was intense, man. <laughs> it was just pure, solid, like strong play the way the whole way through. So like it was one of those where like there's no easy games, you know. That was yeah. my like greatest joy, I think, going into day two is that I'm I'm top seed from day one, which is very intimidating. But it's also very exciting because it was like, like you said, 23 players. We had, you know, you know, Dallas had a big. COVID. I mean, that's where X Men belong. I mean, that's. I mean, I shouldn't surprise anyone. Like, right. that's where we need to be. But yeah, you know, when you've got people like Zach Mandalorian Orange, you've got people like Nathan Sooner, you've got Brett, you've got Daniel, who I just mentioned. I just played. It was a really yeah. hard player. You got you, Omnis. You got Mike Deluca, Ghost. You talked about Amon, Greg from Recalibration Matrix. The list goes on and on and on, and. It being like 25 people or so, it, it makes your chances of playing with those people a lot higher. It's just, it's a weird trade-off, you know? Um, and yeah, it was very- so I just, that was just a big thing I wanted to stress. Like, just because this was a lower amount of players than what you'd probably expect for a convention, right. most of the people who came out knew their shit. Yes. And it was a very, very hard field. It was like, at best, you might get one medium-skilled player, and right. then the whole rest of the time, you're just playing awesome, great players the, the whole way through. It was, it for for six games, it was pretty insane. So, 
All right. So day two starts off. What was your first round matchup? I mean, I know it was DeLuca, right? It was Mike DeLuca. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing against like my roomie that I talk X-Men with all the time. That's right. You know, you, you know, former LVO champ. You're like, yeah, this is, this is just how we're going to start day two. Yeah. And it, you know, to make matters worse, not worse because it was worth every minute, but of course, you know, we, we had a great night the night before we sailed kind of late. And then I was staying with family an hour away, which was, you know, excellent as well because I got to see my family. But then, of course, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to show up at my family's house and not hang out with them, right? So I ended up staying up till like 1.30 in the morning that first day. I don't recommend it if you're going to the top cut of the next day. But And then I had to leave, you know, an hour early to get to the con yeah. on time. So it's like I'm waking up, and so is Mike, uh, ironically. And then we see our pairings, and we're like, oh, great, great. Because <laughs> he didn't <laughs> want to play X-Men. And I didn't want to play Mike, especially piloting Convocation, but that's where we're at. And this was definitely my most insane game of the day, I would say. I mean, insane in the way of plays that we brought against each other. You know, you have insane games where things just go weird with dice and stuff, and the finals is a great example of that. That was an insane game, too, where both players, myself, and, you know, we'll get to that. But it's like... We literally, like, for the listeners, so, like, Mike and I arrived a day early and we're just hanging out. And so he and I went to Texas Toy Soldiers and just played games on Friday against locals. Well, he and I did a couple of games and then played against locals. And so we literally had him just play multiple games on Mutant Mad Men trying to figure out what the fuck he does. That helped him a lot because he played really well. And, you know, here I am. I got off work on Friday and I'm just trying to get to Dallas as quick as possible so I can even make the tournament Friday. You know, it was a whirlwind of a weekend and I'm I'm just happy I got to do it, you know. Um, you know, shout out to my wife with, you know, solo with the kids. So it's one of those things like playing Mike Day 2. I'm like, either way, whatever, how this goes, this is going to be an awesome matchup and I'm going to learn a lot. And, you know, I finally get to play him. We've never gotten to play each other. So we start the day off where I win priority. I'm like, that's a good start. And I draw. Yeah, that's definitely what you want. I draw Mutant Madman. I'm like, that's a good start, too. I He literally was like, Charles, it happened. I told you it was going to happen. I was like, well, at least you, pre- at least we were preparing you, prepared. you. But then he drew Legacy Virus, which I did not like, because I was like, okay, this might be one of those games where it just ends abruptly because of Legacy Virus. That happens sometimes. And um, But I think that's you know. better than getting, like, Alien Ship or something against him. And so of Probably his... Know. Something more of his extracts, I think that might still be the one you want. Yeah, I mean, when you're picking between it's, the worst options for X Men, yeah, yeah, it's it's stressful. But I think if he had a choice, I would bet that Deadly Legacy was not the one he wanted to show up. Yep, absolutely. And so, of course, he picked Threat. And he picked 19, which I do not love. Yeah, he wants to play the bigger boys. Yeah, so our teams ended up being. My team was Storm, Beast, Domino, Lizard, Rogue, X-23, and his team was very interesting team. He did not bring his Strange. His team was Mordo, Ancient One, Luke Cage, Toad, Voodoo, and Magic. So, yes, he went six wide, which was the right call, for sure. Yeah, we were spending tons of time dojoing, like, what he could potentially play on Madman and, like, does it require any roster tweaks? Like, that was, like, a big... That was basically felt like almost all of Friday for me was trying to help him prepare for mutant madman. So yeah, super, super interesting matchup. What, what would you say was like some of the critical moments of the game besides winning priority? Winning priority helped. I made a mistake very early on where I did not do the safe hop with toad to get the middle objective, get the middle virus. Yeah. And I was, after I did it, I was like, ah, 
why did I do that? Well, I guess now I'm going to have to hop for an aggressive trap, which I'm fine with, you know, like I mentioned in these previous games. But I'm like, against Mike, he's probably going to do something. Oh, I'm sure if you're like, oh, leaving in the middle, they're dead. I'm sorry. It wasn't Toad because I didn't play Toad. It was um, Storm, which is, you know, very aggressive. But this is the type of conversation we've had before Omnis, you and I off mic, where it's like sometimes Storm is just a giant target slash taunt for your team, weirdly, because people just want the leadership gone. Yeah, And I look back at the game in hindsight now, and I'm like, man, Storm was gone earlier than she's ever been gone in any game for me of X-Men ever. But Storm took Ancient One's, you know, mindset and vision for some time, you know. So it was a four-threat model that hits pretty hard, that's really defensive, going after Storm. So I don't know. It's one of those things. I, I clearly made a mistake early on. I should have hopped Storm, picked it up, got back safe, and that should have been my hop for turn one. Instead, I waited to hop on a flank, you know? And yeah. I, I also was, like, not thinking, like, oh, yeah, he's got cage and magic. He's got people that can flip traps just fine, you know? He really does. Yeah. But we ended up having interesting battle where it's, like, on my right flank, it was Rogue and Lizard versus Voodoo and Mordo, which, you know, even threat matchup, kind of the matchup. I told you Storm went up the middle a little too aggressively. She was in cover, but, you know, Ancient One went up his middle to deal with Storm, and then we had this... Crazy fight on my left flank, which is really, I think, how the game was decided, which was the fight between Luke Cage, Magic, Toad on his side, and my side was Beast, Domino, and 23. And we just had this, like, fight where it's like we had – this was on my Wakandan temple board – and yeah. there was like a temple there, and it was kind of creating a choke point. It was actually really beneficial for him because, you know, Beast has wall crawler, but everybody else had to walk around to get to his trap. And um, I don't know. I think some of the things that happened in this game, it was my brain is melted after this game. It was the craziest game of the day. One of us would do something that was a big swing, and one of us would do something that was a big swing back. And Beast was an MVP this game, like he always is on traps, but expertly so because he did some things where he was, you know, throwing magic away, maybe having to have her come back, or throwing Cage away. There was there was a crucial turn where he heroes for hired uh, a domino attack on magic that would have definitely taken her out with Cage, right? But then I, I pivoted and said, you know what? Cage took that attack. You got to throw off. I might just have to focus fire Cage the rest of this round and try to take him to the top of the round, be really aggressive, and just not have to deal with him anymore. And that's ended up what happening. You know, I ended up just attacking Cage with 23 and Beast and um, taking Cage off the board the next round early on. So, and meanwhile, we've got this fight between Voodoo, Mordo, Rogue, and Lizard on the other side, which is a really interesting matchup because Mike playing perfectly, he is putting the possession on Rogue every chance he can, making her not be able to do anything with the traps, anything worth you know mentioning. And then Mordo's getting off a lot of pushes, which are being really impactful, as you'd imagine they would be. The game came to a head when you know I was winning traps, he was winning viruses. And it was one of those things where I'm slightly ahead on points, and he gets a bunch of viruses, and he comes pretty close back with points. I think he, you know, he's only now two or three points away behind me, you know. So we're 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 very close with traps and viruses. It could end at any moment. Yeah. And he kind of does the virus thing you do. He runs everyone away, kind of back to the middle of his deployment and kind of turtles up and tries to protect Toad. He grabs a second virus with Toad. So all he has to do is get to another turn. He can grab another virus with Toad, right? So I think the defining moment of this game was Rogue has a virus now, but she is fully powered up. She's got to get in there and stop Toad from scoring. So what I start doing is I push, I, I'm pushing all of these people towards his deployment <laughs> to try to end the game. Yeah. Because he, he, and I've got the traps. So it's one of those things like one of us is going to win at some point very soon. And so I push Domino up really close, right in, 
range to get towed. I push Rogue up really close, almost in range to get towed. Ancient One's there, ready to go. Of course, she killed Storm early. And Lizard, I double move him within range two of Rogue. And what ends up happening is he goes to the top of the next turn, and he knows he's got to go with Ancient One and try to get rid of rogue or domino he's got options right but of course he went for rogue because she has the virus and that's the kind of the position i put him in does not get rogue with that because actually what he does is he goes with toad first because he's this is where the, the dice this is one of those things where mike's like if i get enough power here i can take the final virus and just win the game with toad so he attacks Domino with Toad. I've got a ton of power on Domino. I'm ready for skulls, everything. I'll spend as much as possible needed. He does not get the power, you know, to take like Toad does. What is it, Finders Keepers? He does not yeah. get the power to do that. So then, of course, I, I go with Rogue and just lay into Toad. But then we're in the situation where it's like Rogue has the virus now. So that's actually how she got the virus. And if he can still take the virus, the ancient one, the game might end as well. And I still have Lizard in that range, too. And this is when mission objective really came into play because now Lizard has the virus and Rogue is gone. But, you know, Lizard's like healthy, you know? <laughs> so it was yeah, a- I, I seriously regret not bringing mission objective. I think that was a great tech for you. And I desperately wish that I had had it as an option. Yeah, Mike was like, that card won you the game, but also you pressing aggressively won you the game. And also, you know, if I get lucky and I get power on Toad, I can just steal a virus and that can win me the game. So that's where we were at. You know, it was just that point where it's like everything had gone so crazy in that game, you know. And I made a huge misplay in that game. You know, I'll never forget it again. There was a point where I uh, double moved Rogue back to one of my traps to take it because he he got some really cool movement shenanigans with Mordo and he took my back trap. And I was like, well, I can't let that happen. And I forgot to bring the Daniel token with me. <laughs> so I forgot she was possessed <laughs> and I oh. get back there and I'm like I'll interact he's like but you can't you're possessed and I'm like where's the Daniel token and he's like oh it's back here you must have left it I was like I did it's all on me well Rogue just spent two actions to move to the back of the board <laughs> uh, that's the type of stuff you gotta walk out for you know and uh, when you're in a game this close that can that can turn it but the final score of this game was 18 to 16 just damn that is that is super close yeah and it was like I said it was that huge swing turn he had where he took all the viruses right he took them all and he took just enough traps to to bring it back. And actually, weirdly, I told you Beast did a lot this game, but for some reason this game, Beast couldn't flip traps, and sometimes that happens. But Beast was still doing a lot of cool throws and things like that and stuff, but Beast was having a hard time flipping traps. <laughs> I mean, you got, like, basically your best pa- possible crisis lineup in that matchup. So it's exactly. like, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, Beast wasn't flipping traps, but you 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 had such a key randomness of, like, winning priority and getting probably your best case scenario for secures and extracts. So it all kind of balances out and it sounds like the balance was like really tight 18 to 16. Yeah, absolutely. And I, he completely made the perfect team for that. I I mean, I really think, I don't think strange helps him there, but I was, you know, I should have been more ready for him to go as wide as me and bring stuff like cage and stuff, you know? And yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy as a fantastic player. So I'm not surprised that you had a, a super tight game there. So absolutely. All right. So let's move on to, uh, so this is going to be round five. That's right. Yeah. So who'd you get round five? So round five, I got Brett, who I found out after the fact, just like, you know, I already knew Mike had, of course, won LVO, but I found out after the fact of the tournament, this is a funny thing we all talked about later, but Brett had won an LVO qualifier. <laughs> like the prior it's, weekend or so. And yeah, yeah. Brett, yeah. Brett was at a point with War Machine where he'd won like multiple LVOs in a row. Like he was seriously right. in conversation for one of the best, if not the best American player in War Machine for at least a year or two. 
And so him being coming over to MCP, like obviously he's not quite as practiced with MCP as he was with War Machine, but just a super solid, like dedicated player. So you you know you're going to get a tough game. Yeah, and clearly he'd won a qualifier. So I'm like, man, this is this is uh, the tables are getting tough as they should be, you know. But game five, I did getting tough, getting getting tough, getting tough all the whole time. Okay, (laughs) so uh, who won priority? So I won priority, which is great. Once again, I pulled me in Mad Men. You know, I, I was looking for Spider Portals all weekend. I, I just wanted it so bad because, of course, I've got some pieces in my list that are really good on Spider Portals that I didn't get to play as much. But that's how it goes. And he pulled Spider Infected. And I'm like, okay, we're both good at different things with these objectives. Let's see how this goes. And it was uh, an intense game. So my list was Storm, Domino, Beast, X23, Toad, and Black Panther. And his list was Fury, Voodoo, Bucky, Venom, and Iron Man. Okay, sick. So, any defining moments from this matchup? Yeah, this is a pretty crazy game. This is one of those games where it's like, I, I think I won turn zero, and maybe that won me the game. Or maybe not won me the game, but definitely put me in a position to, to do well. No, you 100% want to win priority in this matchup. Mutant right. Mad Men is not the crisis that you want, right. but you're no. fine with it. But getting Spider infected as the extract from him is also very good for you. And so, right. um, it's the yeah, pri- I would definitely feel like you are, this is a matchup where, yeah, having priority and having an extract that you like is probably the difference. Yeah, it was that, and then it's plus the deployment too, right? It's like, I know he's got a lot of hitting power and a lot of extract power, and I have to kind of, I really have to deploy really well in this, and that's the way it ended up going. Like, it was one of those situations where it's like, well, I'm going to wait till he plays Iron Man until I place Beast, you know? There's just different yeah. things like that that um, made a huge difference in the game later because the left flank ended up, ended up being pretty in, inconsequential, and then the right flank ended up being everything. But I did do the grab the middle extract with Toad immediately. And did you move away safely this time? <laughs> so this was fully behind a line of sight blocker. So oh, okay. N- no. All right. I can excuse that one, Jesse. <laughs> well, I, it's the same thing I did in the Maw game. And I just blanked, you know, Maw's one of my favorite characters. And I just completely blanked. Oh, he can double move and throw that at me, you know, <laughs> on the, the convocation player game. Cause that's what he did. Yeah. So it, it was that similar type of situation where it was like a, it was a cosmic board and it had that size four in the middle. And, and, you know, the, um, it was on my side essentially. And Toad just kind of did his tongue and stayed back as far as he could, you know, and, and it yeah. was, it was much safer than my mistake against Mike doing that with storm and, uh, you know, just completely forgetting that ancient one has the place, you know, that she has the place and she can get to the middle of the table, which is what she yeah. did. So in this game, the left flank on my side ended up being the domino black Panther. I said it inconsequential. I guess that's not quite true because black Panther did his thing like he does. And domino kind of safely sat on the back point. And that was kind of how that side went. It was against Iron Man and Voodoo, which is an interesting matchup, definitely. Um, and we had equal threats over there, too. But, you know, it's like, who's pushing who? BP, Iron Man, you know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> and uh, this was actually one of those domino games I had where she performed really poorly, but it was okay because she had scored the back secure for a while, you know what I mean? And he was not, he did not want to push it on me, you know? But the main fight ended up being this right side I was talking about, which was Beast, 23 and storm on my right side and of course toad's kind of meandering in the middle and then he had venom bucky and fury on his right side on my right side and that's kind of where the main conflict happened and i think beast was just a star player in this game it was just kind of unbelievable the things he did where it was like top of round one venom 
got a really good attack on Beast because I moved Beast up fairly aggressively, but I did not move him up that far. But Venom got all the things he needed to do to web line and then perform an attack on Beast and just tee him right up where he's almost dead. And I was like, well, this game, that might have been a huge mistake. And this game's going to go a certain way. But then the rest of the game, Beast proceeded to, you know, defensively dodge most things and just throw people off the point and keep that point flipped. And once again, he just kind of was aggressive while Storm was scoring my back trap the entire game. It was never taken from me. Domino's scoring my back trap the entire game was never taken from me. And I essentially have Beast and Black Panther being the focus is the way I would describe it. Yeah, that makes sense. makes sense. Yeah. Whew. Man, you have you have had a crazy lineup of players, but yeah, you move on. So, what was the final score of that one? Before I tell you the final score, I'll, I'll preface why the final score is this way. This is one of those games that I had kind of the game in the bag in a particular round. I was going to get sixteen or seventeen points, I believe, and he did really well. And he dazed two models with spider infected, so they were dropped on the table, and I didn't score them. So I ended up going to fifteen. But then we played another round out, and I scored seven the next round so the the game ended at 22 to 12 crazy so yeah he did what he could to like get another round but right. it just it uh it couldn't couldn't quite save him but right. man great great insane players now you move on to the finals you're playing uh, against zach mandalorian orange super super nice guy great guardians player man uh how are you feeling going into this game I'm, i mean i'm feeling good about my play thus far and i'm thinking okay i can handle guardians you know i can handle them especially with some of the tech in my list i i, I have miss marvel and if i play really defensively this is good if i win priority i feel really good but if i don't win priority and we have to play something a little more aggressive or you know even if we draw meteors it's like i know he doesn't love meteors but i also don't love meteors against guardians and all the damage potential they have that's what i was thinking going into this game essentially okay so you win priority I did. Unfortunately, I pulled Deadly Meteors. I really wanted to pull that Spider Pearls Ominous all weekend, did not pull it all weekend. You know that that was the dread matchup for him. He wanted anything but X-Men Meteors. Yeah, because he doesn't want, because of his energy defense on some of his characters, correct? Yeah, and it just, like, it it changes, like, the dynamics of his range characters just sitting back and shooting people. He's got to be in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is some of the coolest rosters of the entire weekend i think that we had because we ended up having 17 threat it was deadly meteors and it was montessi which i didn't love but you know Again, i could probably deal. the one you want though from him right <laughs> like you probably didn't want the singletons yeah because he had what else did he had he, he also had i thought but he had hammers as well but he also had research station, which I definitely didn't want. Yes. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, I think Montessi's still the one you prefer. And, yeah, we had a 17-threat game, you know, so that classic MCP threat to close out the day. My list was Storm, X-23, Domino, Juggernaut, and Miss Marvel. She came out finally. And his list was Star-Lord, Nebula, Angela, Quicksilver, and Medusa. And his list surprised me a lot. I think it was a really good choice of a list. Okay. So... So feel free to do a few more moments for this one. Obviously, this is the finals. This is a crazy game. What what do you what do you think mattered most in deployment? Mm, that's a good question. I think in deployment, one of the things that in retrospect that I think was a, a strong decision by me was kind of late deploying Miss Marvel 
to be on the side that was really energy focused in particular, the side that star Lord was on. Yeah. And that was really helpful because she shrugged off a lot of attacks despite her not being able to hit anything with her attacks. She was being defensive and that's really all I needed her to do. Right. Uh, essentially that game. Yeah. So that was one of the things I deployed drugs in the middle to, to grab the center Montessi and flip the meteor. I think that was probably the right choice because I wanted to pivot with him different directions where he needed to go. And I knew that one of the flanks was just going to be a tough flank for me. And unfortunately, that was the left flank where I chose Storm and Domino. And he ended up getting Angela over there, Nebula, and Medusa on that side. A lot of hitting power. Yeah, that's 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 murder zone for Storm. Right. And of course, Angela started in the middle of the table, so I didn't know which side she was going. But that's yeah. the way he went. I think that was definitely the right call on his point. And um, really scary, honestly. Really scary and I, Nebula was on fire this game, and that's really scary as well when that happens. Okay, so what are some of the most defining moments of this game? So on this game, I, you know, Juggernaut picks up the book early, and then something very early on that Juggernaut did that was very defining. We had very swingy dice in this game. There was many times in this game where one of our characters would attack, and then the enemy model would blank out on defense dice, and then they would daze. <laughs> and that happened a lot this game. So a defining moment was early round two. I... Of course, I, I got all the meteors round one, and I got two of the formula round one, and I scored five. At round two, Juggernaut went to that side point, dazed Angela with his eight dice strike, dazed her, because he critted quite well, and then Angela just didn't roll well defensively, and she was gone. So that's going to come back to bite me mathematically on the dice later, because there's a turn later where Nebula one-shots Juggernaut, and he doesn't have a turn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting things that happened in our game where it's like uh, Nebula did her spender on Juggernaut. He didn't have a turn that turn. It, there's cool things happening, but I knew I basically kind of had to weather the storm on this Omnis, and it was tough because it's like I have Storm and Domino just sitting on that left meteor and keeping trying to survive and keep it flipped. And that's really all they were doing. And I had Juggernaut going back and forth when he as much as he could. And then on the right flank, I think I controlled the light, right flank the best because I had Miss Marvel and 23 over there against Quicksilver and Star-Lord. And I had that point like most of the game. So it really ended up being the middle and the left side most of the game. Both of us had really good play with Sacrifice that was game-defining. Exceptional healing saved Laura from a Star-Lord attack that was pretty big as as it goes with Laura, you know? And um, I don't know. There was things that went crazy ways where it's like you know, Quicksilver stole an extract with, can I borrow that? Then there's things like Nebula keeps one-shotting models, so Nebula also one-shotted Storm another round, and it was just back and forth like this. And I think people came by the table and were like, what is happening, you know? So Zach brought it back in a big way. He starts winning meteors. He starts either having parity with Montessi or one higher than me. So the the score, with me having an early lead, it just starts getting really tight because he's a really good player and... He's using these swings effectively. I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. We're in round five, and it's just one of those situations where I have enough points to win the game as long as I flip one meteor with Juggernaut, and he didn't flip the meteor. So we're like, okay, we're going into round six. <laughs> he was like, you got this, man. This, that's the game. You know, it's, it's a free meteor. No one's there. He just needs to roll one, one hit, you know, and flip it. Didn't get it. So we're going to round six, you know? And at this point, the score, it, it's just like anybody's game, you know, because someone's going to win the meteors 
and the Montessi yeah. kind of moot point, I guess. But I mean, they're a little bit important because maybe maybe there's that weird situation. I don't know. But we have a crazy final round. It's just this bloodbath in the middle of the table. And I and I say bloodbath because we're down to this point in the game where a lot of the models are missing. And I think you came around at this time. I'm assuming we're catching rounds. Yes, by. I was already watching at this point. And you was just Miss Marvel X23 and Jugs versus Angela Nebula and Medusa. And the, like he did not have a lot of health left on his characters. Everyone was like injured and really in really close to death. Medusa was one life away. I think Nebula was the most healthy. I think she had one damage on her. But then Angela was teed up as well. So at this point, I you know I have that right meteor. No one's over there anymore because I had to move the fight to the middle. And it's one of those times where it's like there's so many things I could have done in this final situation, and I just didn't want I didn't want Medusa to to go, but I also didn't want Nebula or Angela to go. You know, so I had the situation so where it's like yeah, he had priority and he activates with Angela first. Yes, I believe so. And then I have to go with Laura because she's kind of, she had spent all last turn walking back to the fight because she essentially had dazed Star-Lord and Quicksilver. But to Zack's credit and incredible play, he delayed that Star-Lord death by one action the previous turn with Recalibration Matrix. Star-Lord was like really teed up on damage and he used Recalibration Matrix for us both to re-roll our dice and I did not get him. So then I had to do another attack to remove Star-Lord and get the Montessi from him. And... So it prevented Laura from getting back to the table quicker, essentially. So then that next turn, all Laura did was two moves back to the table. And that's all she did. So now we're in turn six, and Laura is close to the middle. And yeah, that's the situation, I think, where you were referencing that we were just at. Yes. Also, I didn't mention this earlier, but Zach had an amazing and perfectly played follow me that literally swung the game like back in his favor, like round three or something like that was one of the defining moments where it was like he followed me in days two or three models on one side of the was board. it like follow me and deadly duo <laughs> no deadly duo because he didn't have rocket and groot oh yeah yeah it was like angela goes days is a model or two follow me's with nebula May- nebula days is a model you know oh like, man yeah that's crazy and, and they hadn't activated you know it's one of those things like i lost so much action economy because he had a perfectly played follow me and i was like oh yeah that's that card's still a thing and i i meant to bring it honestly as, as a weird flex piece especially with how aggressive i played in some of these games it probably would have been helpful but i did not bring it <laughs> so i did not bring it but yeah we're getting to late game where it's like laura's teed up and i have this beam lined up and you know you and i talked about this after the game ominous you know and it's like there's so many ways I can go about this turn, but I know that I can beam Medusa and Nebula and don't let them go this turn and then get the frenzy to the meteor, flip the meteor. Well, get a free attack on Angela, flip the meteor. And maybe I just win the entire game with Laura at this point because yeah. she's still got one more action to strike, you know, or, or spend her on someone else and also flip the meteor. And then he just has no one else to flip the meteors and the game's over. And I do the beam, I do daze Nebula, and I do daze Medusa with her one life. I get the frenzy, and I just completely whiff on Angela. And, you know, in retrospect, you talked to me about this after game, you're like, why don't you just spend her on Angela? And I'm like, I do not know why. <laughs> I do not know why. I think yeah, I was like, if Angela dies there, like, the game is literally over. Like, if Angela yeah. dies and you flip the Medusa meteor. Went, Medusa went with priority. It wasn't Angela, it was Medusa. And she actually did a lot. She pushed people off the point. She dazed a model. I think so. Yeah, you're right. I have to get rid of Angela. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's just a crazy thing. And I did not get rid of Angela, but you know, now we're in the situation where Nebula has gone. 
Medusa's gone. All he has is Angela. I have flipped the middle point, and I do have my right point still flipped. Uh, my, meanwhile, by the way, Miss Marvel came to really clutch this game. She was in the middle point, and all she was doing was flipping it and just trying to survive there, you know? And it was really interesting that she kind of played a pivotal role towards the end because, like I said, we both had a lot of meteor dice we missed. So having someone with that four energy did make a difference, I think, towards the end. But he ended up flipping... A meteor with Angela, but it wasn't enough because then I just moved Juggernaut to... Yeah, so what he eventually decides to do is, is like, there's no chance that Angela lives in activation because there's Juggernaut there who's got a decent (laughs) amount of power. So, like, if he gets one or two damage through, he could literally just, like, slide into you and kill and kill Angela. So it's like, there's no chance that she... Like, the chances of her living are so small. I miss Marvel, too. Yeah, but like just even one activation, the odds because I think X only only got like one damage through, but that left her on four health, and this was like a fairly powered up jugs on your part. Yeah, so he's like, "There's no chance. I can't pass. I have to go." He flips two meteors, so he's controlling all three, and you have to flip two. Right, and Miss Marvel, I think Miss Marvel fails. She fails to flip the middle, but she does pick up a book, and she's like, yes. well, I guess I just sit, <laughs> you know? So And then so literally, Juggs has to flip two, and the game is over, and you yeah, win. They're un- and they're both uncontested, right? So he's just got to do what he couldn't do earlier in the game a couple times, yeah. which is flip the one he's on that no one's on, and then walk over to the left flank where no one's at anymore, because Angela did pivot and go all the way far right and take that point yeah. that I had most of the game with Miss Marvel. And yeah, he flips the final point and the final score is 19 to 16. And man, it was probably one of the most fun games of MCP I've ever played. Like I said, these, these models just one shotting each other and then people missing their meteors and stuff. It just made it a bloodbath. I don't really know what else to say, you know? Yeah. That's just, that's just a, a nutty, nutty game. Yeah. Just, just wild stuff, man. But shout out to all of your opponents. It sounds like you just had. Like an insane, sane run of fantastic opponents, fantastic mm-hmm. games, and then you go six and zero, representing for X Men. And I, I feel like you should just change the name of your podcast, and it should be Storm's Finest. I okay. mean, I feel like yeah. I feel like that's. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm naming the episode that, so this is the Storm's Finest episode. But okay. um, I mean, yeah. that's that's your show to me now is Storm's Finest. Yeah, I. It's a character and a team and a lore that I'm just so I'm so tied to this team through my entire life. It, it, it feels like really intentional. You know, this isn't just like uh, I want to play a team that I, you know, fits a certain play style. It definitely fits my play style, but it's like it's all full circle. You know, as we talking about earlier, Omnis, and it's one of those things I never I haven't played X-Men since they came out initially. And then my co-host, Chris, really latched onto them and he kind of just became a, a mutant main. And when he switched off them in recent months, I was like, you know, now it's the time for me to, to play him because I've always wanted to play him. I just didn't want to, like, play what he was playing and have a bunch yeah, of air sure. chips and stuff. And, you know, I like to explore all teams anyways, but I think X-Men is really my home in a lot of ways because I can pivot between aggressive and defensive. And that is my favorite play style is to pivot that mid-range sort of thing. And your yeah, co-host is a big X-Men fan. That sounds like Storm's Finest would be the perfect name. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I'll consider it. Now, a couple of things that did come up. I, 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 information that you might like. I, I did bring Storm in 23 every game, and I brought Domino five games. So that's worth writing down and mentioning, and I did write that down. You know, the funny part is I only played Rogue twice, and I only played Black Panther once. And, of course, I never got my spider portal, so I didn't play this Marvel as much as I'd like to. 
And but I also don't mind her on Deadly Meters, and I think it was the right call bringing her into Guardians. So I'm am super happy she made it to the final table. And actually, that's the thing I've been questioned about the most already is <laughs> how do you play this Marvel? Do you hop off of her big form? All this stuff? Yes, I do all that when I actually get a matchup that she wants to play. <laughs> if I don't get a matchup she doesn't play, she she's she's not brought out. Yep. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Well, listeners, in the bonus episode, we're going to dive a little bit more into why he chose the specific characters that he did and Absolutely. potential directions for the roster to go next. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about that with you, Jesse. I mean, so first off, like, congratulations, man, like Thanks, amazing man. run six and zero with X-Men could not be more proud of you. You are, you know, you're my boy and you got to represent for X-Men. It's like best case scenario for me. Like, I love it. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Justice, who came out to run it for mm-hmm. us. And he was just there, like, setting up tables, judge calls. Like, he was the man. So nothing but respect for Justice. Thank you so much for giving us uh, an MCP event at LSO. It was a blast. Gave all of us a great chance to hang out. Like, it was it was a little bit more of a social event for me. And I just, uh, I loved, like, finally meeting you, Jesse, and, like, getting to hang out with Greg and DeLuca and seeing oh, Ryan again and meeting Dan for the first time, who's so cool. Um, and I believe his significant other's name is Becky, if I recall. She was also super sweet. So shout out to her. Um, seeing Sooner, like, oh, man, it was just, um, <laughs> dude, we both had amazing games against... Zach Mando, like he beat me 20 to 19, like (laughs) talk about like crazy, crazy games. Uh, Loved it. Such a, such an amazing event. So man, I think we should probably wrap it up here. We've got the full episode in. We still got a bonus episode to do. So I'm going to say the most OP thing that you can do is travel to a convention and play X-23 six times and win all your games because she's a goddess. She absolutely is. Laura is the greatest. Thanks for listening. True believers. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 